when teams do brainstorming, so often the process is, well, let's just throw some ideas out there and see what sticks. Now, that can be part of it, but there actually is a brainstorming process. And when you follow the steps, you actually end up with better ideas, stronger ideas, and ideas that you can take action on. To help us through this today is my guest, Dr. Robert Allen Black. Allen is a consultant and an author, and he helps businesses do these, facilitate brainstorming sessions and, and, and build a more creative culture. Every human being is born with capacities to think creatively, but every culture, every religion, every organization, every school, wants conformity. Now, the word brainstorming didn't actually exist until Alex Osborne coined it in the early part of the last century, and he put together an actual process. So let's find out what brainstorming ideation actually is. Alex Osborne created brainstorming somewhere in the 30s for BBDNO. He was the partner in charge of the creative part of BBDNO. But he knew, like most of us, I need to be creative at 5805 on Monday. Brainstorming had four basic rules. Quantity breeds quality. The more ideas you have, the greater the, op the, greater the possibility you'll have good ideas. Mm -hmm. Point blank. This second one, you want variety. You want to hitchhike. You want to combine ideas, but the one that most cultures can't seem to handle without training or being forced to, no judgment yeah. while you're generating ideas. That is such oh. an incredibly difficult thing, Alan. And it's not easy. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's it, and even if you even if you know that's the rule somewhere in your brain uh, that that meter is ticking and saying, ah, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's stick on that for a little bit. Okay. Um, why, why, can't, why can't you judge the idea and have the idea at the same time? Osborne's belief: there was no right brain, left brain research at the time. His premise was: you can't judge and generate at the same. You can't ideate and judge at the same time. His gut feeling before right brain, left brain, and all that started to happen in the 70s was it wasn't physically possible. It's like people say, well, I multitask. Right. Yeah, sure you do. You can do many things simultaneously if you separate them into separate stages, but you can't think about three things at the same time. So. He said, all right, when we brainstorm, we brainstorm. When we're done, we organize what we found. And if we did it very divergently, we, we may have a scattered mess all over that wall with Art Fry's little billion-dollar toys, right. <laughs> post-it notes. What's your next stage is to organize them. What did you generate? Oh, well, some are about the financial part. Some are about the physical part. Some are about, oh, wait a minute. And within these, these are kind of engineering solutions. These are marketing solutions. These are, that's the next stage. Now, but he didn't like the word judgment. I, used to, I had posters that are over here in my studio in the pile of posters that I put up on all the walls eventually. One was quantity, 
come quality comes from quantity, no judgment, hitchhike, free wheeling. A lot of people can't free wheel. What is free wheeling? Okay. Walt Disney. Walt supposedly had a wall in one of the hallways where any employee could put an idea up. That on one of those index cards or post-it notes, there was have a rain parade. No explanation. Have a rain parade. Rain parade. So what did they do? Go to Disney World. If you've been there, you'll notice all the roof covers everywhere. If it happens to rain while the parade comes by, there's plenty of cover. So freewheeling is just, uh, you know, I, I have a concept. I don't have an explanation. I don't have a, a way to do it. I, I just, I like this idea. And I'm so, going to the moon. Right. Imagine that being talked about 1,500 years ago. Mm-hmm. They locked that person up. <laughs> you aim for the impossible. Disney's quote, whether he said it or not, irrelevant. But people will remember it because you tie Disney to it. Impossible is two words. I'm possible. Anything is possible if you stretch your resources enough. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sitting in a meeting and uh, we're, we're doing this ideation and throwing ideas around and we get to the freewheeling part and I'm stuck. I can't seem to get beyond my own, my own judgment of saying that's just not possible. Um, how do you break your head out of that? Okay. This man whose name you've no doubt heard, I, his book, New Think, was the first of thinking books I read many years ago, Edward de Bono. He created a concept. Most of his things are concepts that can be processes. But one is a book called Poe, P-O, and it comes from impossible and possible. What do they have in common? P-O, potentially a potential objective. Anyway, he explains it in the book. I haven't read the book in many years, so the details. But he said, when you're at that stage, just go Poe. And anything I say is okay. I love no that. judgment. Yeah. And you might in a room, a highly facil- a trained facilitator, which most brainstorming sessions never have. They just know the word or they think they do is okay. This wall is where we put the Poe ideas. We're not sure, but, It's got guts. It's got a feeling. It's kind of like Leroy Jethro Gibbs, gut. Something about that, my gut says it'll work. Don't know why or how. Mm -hmm. And it may take 100 people who are not in the room to make it possible. But we shouldn't lose that. It's it's Don't lose it. Because that was one of Alex's main point. Never, never, never. Throw an idea away. Organize it. Put it in a file. Ideas to play with later. So the four things. Quantity breeds quality. No judgment. Hitchhike. Freewheeling. 
Those were his four guidelines, recommendations. But the Buffalo State people, the faculty, since Sid Barnes created the school, who was the one who helped create the Osborne Barnes model, Mm-hmm. which is not what they teach now. They teach their own modified version. They think refined, and it may be. I don't know. I just find it a lot simpler to teach the Osborne Parnes. Why? Because that's the one I learned originally right. so, of PISA. I can walk around and teach people in 10 minutes the principle. What was it, that? Uh, you, you, just, you just gave a, uh, an acronym. What was that again? Oh, of PISA. What is that? What comes to mind when you hear the word Pisa? Uh, The Leaning Tower of. All right. Of Pisa was the acronym created by one of the early people that work with Osborne and Parnes. And the O stands for objective. What is your objective? Doesn't even have to be a problem Mm -hmm. or a concern or a fear or a threat. What is it you want? to generate ideas what do we need to have to help? solve mm-hmm. what you do is you list all your goals objectives from minor to major you put them in order of when i need them done most important to me mm-hmm. but once again multitasking i can't work on four or five at one time yeah i need to choose one yeah. so you go look for your objectives you write down everything you can think of And you can spend a half hour doing that or a half hour, six days in a row. It's up to you. Now you cluster them, focus them, narrow it down, because the main diagram for the six steps is a diamond, Mm -hmm. a split diamond, actually. You diverge, converge, diverge, converge. That was one of the strengths of their model versus Kepner Trigo and many of the others that it had already existed. But so in the OPSA, the objective, it used to be called mess. So what does the, the F, F is fact finding. Mm-hmm. What do you know? What do you need to know? Once again, if you only have 20 minutes, you need to have an answer in 20 minutes, spend four or five minutes on objective, then spend four or five minutes on facts. If you come up with, a, oh, you know, we really ought to research this or that, can't do that in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'll do it when I have time. So this is where you might say, we know we have this much money. We know we have this time span. We know we have the, these many resources. Is, is that kind of what the facts are? Okay. Yep. So now you have the objectives. You've had the facts. You organize the facts. Now you go one more time into P, which stands for problem finding. You look inside your objectives. Now, you've chosen one. What are different ways of looking at it? Example that I've used for many years. When I started speaking, we had one car. We had had to cut back to one car. Well, I flew out of Atlanta. That's an hour and a half to two hour drive away. Well, most of the time, I just left the car at the airport, and Mary was stuck with no car. But this time, she needed the car. She had appointments for the week while I was gone. We get there. We say goodbye. We hug and all this. Off to the parking lot, she goes. She's got a problem. 
Guess who has the keys? <laughs> now, problem finding. What is her problem? Well, she needs to get back to Athens. Does she need those keys to get in that car? No. She could get a locksmith. She could get that hobo that's over there breaking into that truck to break in and hotwire her car so she can get home where she has a spare key. Or she can say, this is the eighth time he's done this to me. I'm going to stay in Atlanta and just have fun for five days. What's the goal? You change it in the problem. You relook at the objective as if it's a problem, but from different perspectives, points of view. And then you narrow that down into the one you're going to work on. The next step, as you now diverge again, is idea. Idea generation. I got to the habit of doing eight different kinds of idea generating techniques because of thinking style, because of freshness. If you brainstorm and that's all you do, you're limited. You get stuck. If I use um, morphological listing, which is basically I think of six ideas, I put them on a grid across the top and along the side, then I combine them. Automatically, I've got 36 ideas. Right. Well, wait a minute. That idea with itself? No, it may not. So you'll get, instead, you'll get 30. But it gets the juices going. It, it, it gets, sort of breaks you out of that. That's the goal. Yeah. Break out of them. Or you could use simple thing like targeting, which is either on, the, on a flow chart or on a handout or on the floor. You have a big target. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, we're going to have a rain parade in which we give everyone an umbrella. That's the idea. That's in the middle of the circle. Now, I want you to stand where you support it or don't. The further away from the center, the less you support it. This is the evaluation of it. But then you say, well, it looks like most of us are in the two or three range, but a couple of you are out there. What would it take to get you to support this idea? And start to mold it, it and change and it. And you a little bring bit them and, yeah. in and mold it. Doesn't work on everything. It's not necessary in everything. But S is you generate, you got all the ideas. Now you're going to narrow them down. First step, you cluster them. These are all engineering ideas, so forth. And then you say, oh, wait a minute. Why don't we cluster them by how much they're going to cost? Mm -hmm. How many people we're going to need? And this is in the solutions phase, phase? In the solutions stage. What you're trying to be converging is first you organize it based on what it tells you. One of the greatest architects I learned it for, I'm a grandson of architecturally, and that was Eero Saarinen. But Eero Saarinen said, let the problem give you the solution. Let the problem give you the solution. Hmm. That's my way, one of my ways I say it. In this problem, there's a solution, but I've got to find it. Yeah. And it may tell me it may not. The A is uh, different ways. 
acceptance finding, and action planning. First of all, okay, how do we sell this idea? If the idea we've come up with, with some basic beginning plans, we really can support, but we know damn well the boss won't. Right. So how do you Who get can we get to accept it, to get him or her to accept it? Then we have an action plan. And anytime you have a plan, you've got to have a plan B, C, D, E, F, Z, 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 Z point one. As Eisenhower said, write it down in pencil and always carry an eraser. Yeah. The thing that I find so magical about the Osborne Parnes method and, and what you just laid out there is that's actually not the ending. It circles back to the beginning. I created my version of the model. Okay. There are hundreds. Many of my friends created their own. Sid says too many people still walk away from here thinking it's a linear process. Mm-hmm. No. But what Alex and I found, and all the ones that preceded me, meaning him, as well as before me, was sometimes you do a little fact-finding for five minutes. And all of a sudden, you're idea-generating. And then you're back looking at, well, what's really our objective? In other words, it could, the six stages, steps, phases could be in any order. Right. With brainstorming, you start off simple. If they want to call it brainstorming, fine. But if they go, oh, I saw research that says brainstorming doesn't work. I'll guarantee you almost 100% of those studies were poorly done. They weren't measuring brainstorming. They were measuring badly run meetings. If you don't have a trained facilitator, if you don't have people who really have been through it and want to be there, to just all of a sudden say, all right, we have a meeting tomorrow at 1030, everybody shows up. All right. They do the introductions. All right. Now we're going to brainstorm. It ain't going to work. Start start the engine. So what's the role of the facilitator? What, What should he or she be doing? Many different things. That's where the Buff State program and some of the other college programs where they teach something along this line, if not that specific, mm-hmm. is it's their greatest teaching is how to facilitate. How to facilitate. That's, that's how to make it happen. Yeah. I'm working with a bunch of bankers. I need to use a certain approach. I'm working with kindergarten teachers. I need to use a different approach. I'm working with, as I did many times in leadership, community leadership development programs. I did hundreds of those retreats. Is it fair to say or accurate to say that one of the facilitators' primary jobs is to remain neutral? Yes. Because you can sort of. One of the ideal situations, Carl Hume, not Hume, um, Rogers, Mm -hmm. Carl Rogers. I learned the most from reading about Rogers. Rogers never worked alone. He always had one or two people in the group watching. Because you can't watch yourself. Mm. When you screw up, you know, who's going to say, hey, Alan, uh, why don't we look at, have you thought about? They're watching to make sure that you follow the rules, that you're staying. That we're staying within our guidelines for actually achieving the goal we're looking for. That's why the best 
idea generating sessions are done with at least a key facilitator that the group sees as a facilitator, but someone else who's helping. And they may change roles. Alan's a great resource if you want to help build a better, more creative culture in your company or facilitate a true brainstorming session that will come up with good, actionable ideas. If you want more information, put your comments or questions in the comment box below or send us an email.